0: Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On the program today, and in celebration of International Women's Day, I feature two women organisers from Sri Lanka. In mid-February 2017, an organisation called JIRA, Justice, Equity, Rights, Access International, hosted a delegation of about 15 grassroots and community organisers from Sri Lanka to Australia. I had the great pleasure of meeting the delegation and interviewing two of the women. To start this week's show, we hear from Sumika Pereira, the Chief Coordinator and a founding member of the Women's Resource Centre. Pereira is a community leader on women's rights, human rights, democracy, equality and ethnic harmony. She worked towards the empowerment of women affected by the tsunami, and is currently the editor of the AYA magazine, published by the Women and Media Collective, and she's worked as a freelance journalist. Pereira is also the winner of the N Peace Award 2016. N Peace is a multi-country network of peace advocates in Asia seeking to advance women, peace and security issues. Samika Pereira starts here by telling me a bit about her organisation.
1: My organisation's name is Women's Resource Centre. Centre. It is a rural women's organisation which works in a northwestern province in Sri Lanka. Mostly, we are working with rural women. We work for their uh, economic, uh, social and cultural empowerment.
0: Can you tell me the difference in living conditions between rural and city women? Mm.
1: Well, uh, uh, rural, uh, in Sri Lanka, rural areas and uh, rural women, uh, there are a lack of facilities for rural women education, health facilities, uh, and uh, day-to-day work, and uh, lack of uh, uh, access to the resources and information. And there are, the rural women are facing a lot of, uh, pro- many problems uh, than uh, the uh, urban or uh, middle class women there is special problems there are rural women facing uh, some special problems uh, than the others
0: and when your organization is looking at empowerment of rural women what kind of activities does that involve uh,
1: yes. my my district is the higher migration women higher migration women women uh, Migrate ma, women are migrating to Middle East countries. My district is it is Kurunagala. Kurunagala is the higher migrant area as well as uh, higher, higher war widows, military war widows.
0: So you work with war widows? Yeah, I,
1: yeah war widows and uh, migrant uh, women's rights and violence against women. And we are focusing on uh, women's political representation at the uh, local level too. Because women's political participation is very low in local level, in uh, uh, local government level. Then we are focusing uh, those kind of issues and working with women.
0: when you talk about violence against women, is yeah. that domestic violence or violence from strangers or political violence? Uh,
1: I think uh, all. Uh, m- domestic violence also there and political violence, political uh, violence. Uh, Political violence also, but it is is, is special during the political elections or political uh, political election period. There are some violence against women.
0: So, how do you organize? What campaigns are you involved with?
1: We do uh, awareness raising program and uh, legal assistance. And uh, actually, we have a domestic uh, prevention, domestic violence act uh, in Sri Lanka. Uh, but uh, most of the government officers and uh, uh, relevant uh, uh, authorities, they do not work under this uh, 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 act, uh, uh, domestic violence act. Then we do awareness programs for uh, relevant of, uh, government officers and empowering women to go to um, get legal facilities and awareness program for men also.
0: I wanted to talk about Peace and the award because uh, you've been nominated for the award or you won the award?
1: One now.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have nominated last year, and I won it. It is NPS Award uh, Award uh, uh, for uh, Untold Stories. Every year UNDP uh, organizes this award uh, ser- award uh, program under uh, 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 the several categories. And I won this award under category of Untold Stories. For It is actually for my community-based work, um, uh, equality, gender, gender equi- equality, and uh, um, uh, peace work. Uh, they have selection uh, criteria uh, when they go, get, got uh, nom- nomi- nominees uh, 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 nominations. And uh, they have uh, two select, uh, two process. One one is voting system, and other one is uh, uh, they selected by uh, the selected by uh, expertise committee. Ex- expertise committee.
0: Well congratulations have you used the opportunity of the award to further promote your campaigns
1: Yes I think that is actually this is not for me only this is for our, all of our women's activists and our my work for communities né? especially rural women and vulnerable women in uh, the uh, all communities, Tamil, Muslim, and every women who are working uh, and living with very uh, underprivileges.
0: Well, Samika, thank you so much for your time. Was there anything you wanted to add to this discussion?
1: Um, yes, uh, I think uh, as, uh, as as the women. We have many challenges to uh, win our freedom, then we have to do a uh, lot of, or oh, many works and uh, for the for women, women's uh, empowering and their freedom. And uh, because uh, the our society, I think all over the world, very... Uh, there is a um, uh, patriarchal system. We are living under the very strict patriarchal system. Then we want to change everything. Uh, I think we have to do a lot of work uh, in our future for women's freedom.
0: That was Chief Coordinator and Founding Member of the Women's Resource Centre, Samika Pereira. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Next up on the program, the Head of the JIRA Delegation, Dr. Sapali Kottagoda, who is the Executive Director for the Women and Media Collective. She's also the Founding Coordinator of the Sri Lankan Women's NGO Forum and was the Chair of the Asia-Pacific Women's Watch. Kodagoda is an executive board member of the South Asia Women's Fund, the National Committee on Women Sri Lanka, the Subcommittee on Migration of the Sri Lankan Human Rights Commission, the Task Force on Ending Violence Against Women, and the Council of the Social Scientists Association Sri Lanka. I started off by asking Dr Sapali Kotagoda to speak about the delegation and their objectives during their visit to Australia.
2: The delegation comprises uh, representatives from women's organizations uh, that work on the rights of free trade zone women workers, plantation workers, rural women, uh, women uh, living in now the post-conflict areas, uh, women who have campaigned for many years uh, to increase the, the political representation of women in Sri Lanka, and also... Uh, women who have been engaged in policy uh, reform, advocacy for policy reform, for example, on domestic violence uh, in, in, in the country.
0: The um, There are a couple of things in um, what you've described in terms of who the women are on the delegation that I actually want to get a little bit into, if that's possible. The plight of plantation workers, which we've talked about a lot on this particular radio station, um because we know that in Sri Lanka um, the tea plantation workers are very, very heavily exploited but are effectively living in extreme poverty and aren't even paid wages um, that that are that are survivable wages. Can you tell us a little bit about the the situation for plantation workers?
2: Yes, uh, I think all the issues you have uh, pointed to are, are correct um the what we have been looking at and the women who are representing the plantation sector we have looked at uh, another aspect which is um these women work from you know they get up at 4 or 5 in the morning they go to work by 8 and they work till 4 in the evening uh, and later if depending on what the catch uh, catches at least their pick the tea that they have picked and the, and the number of kilos that they have been able to pick. Now, what are the the services that are available to these women in terms of care of their children? Um, The plantation sector is caught between administrative uh, uh, rules and regulations. For example, most of the plantation sector does not come under the purview of local government authority, which means that The women who are there are unable to make use of the kinds of services that even local government can uh, provide. So they have a, and they have very, um, the the standard of childcare or the creches that are available in the plantations are not really up to any kind of national uh, level. And so the women who work longer than the men, although they get the same daily wage, have uh, the uh, you know the burden of looking after their children, making sure that they are well, look- that they are fed, they are uh, you know safe, and that they have to get- they have to be picked up after the women finish work. I mean, all that is an area also that has not been uh, focused on, because we we just I mean I think the the many many governments see them only as people who are picking tea and not really the responsibilities that they have as mothers and as wives and as women themselves. So I'm just in, uh, bringing in another aspect because because the the struggle for increasing their wages has been long. We have with us uh, uh, a woman who is a founder of the first women-only trade union and... They
0: are also trying to push those issues that are faced by women plantation workers. Well, it's not uncommon in the history of the labour movement, I guess, worldwide, that women's voices are marginalised. So the, the establishment of that women's only union, particularly in relation to the voices of women's plantation workers, sounds like quite a significant achievement. You also talked about the, um, the, the work that's being done um, among women in the post-conflict areas. I mean, post-conflict, we, um, I think we can all accept that that is not necessarily entirely an accurate description, but I think we know what we mean when we say that. So what what is the current situation for people in the, the post-conflict um, areas of Sri Lanka?
2: The... I think the most critical uh, issue that faces women living in the post-conflict uh, areas is access to income and economic security. And uh, what we find is that there is a there is this. I think it's not necessarily only Sri Lanka, but so most certainly in South Asia, uh, microcredit is seen as a panacea for you know for all uh, economic. Uh, uh, Challenges. and many women uh, uh, get caught in... in it, it becomes a trap because finance companies come in, offer them uh, seemingly extremely good rates. Many women don't understand the, what happens when you take a loan and how these repayments uh, are demanded. And in, this, in the post-conflict areas, these women have been finding themselves in very... Um, Serious financial difficulties because of the way in which microcredit is uh, is kind of uh, being uh, microcredit credit institutions are are being allowed to go in and and I think uh, take the vulnerabilities, use the vulnerabilities of these women, and that is a huge issue. So yes, the so- economic uh, security is a very very uh, very deep and I think widespread issue in for women in conflict, post-conflict uh, areas.
0: So what is the response? Is the response to educate women about the uh, implications of these microfinance loans or is it to organise in a very different way and actually um, bring people together in a united way and actually demand work and livable wages and those kinds of things. I mean, I'm finding it difficult to, to even grasp because it sounds like there is no industry to speak of in the post-conflict zone. So so where do you begin to rebuild your community and society in those areas?
2: Yeah, I think one uh, uh, strategy that women's organisations, for example, like the Surya Women's Development Centre, which is based in Batikloh. Is doing is to raise awareness amongst these women about uh, the implications of going into microcredit uh, t- transactions, and also they have done a lot of. They are doing work to raise issues of these kinds of challenges and and the need to give viable uh, income-generating uh, options to women. I mean that's you know the the there is. It's very narrow still i mean they most women would be would are looking to work as wage workers uh the uh, as you say industry is not uh something that we find widespread uh definitely not in the in the post conflict areas although there are garment factories that are coming up uh and women are being pushed to uh go into those those enterprises and what is also happening is that Women in post-conflict areas are being encouraged to come into garment factories in and around uh, Colombo, for example, the Katunayake women's uh, the Katunayake Free Trade Zone, and the uh, uh, representative of uh, Dabildu which is an organization that works in with these women, with women working in the free trade zones, have found that they, the women who come from the north. Uh, post-conflict areas find it find themselves. You know, they don't know the language, they don't know the uh, the to tr- travel around uh, in and around because most buses don't have um, the destinations written in Tamil, and they are, they they don't. You know, they find it difficult to live in the kind of conditions that they they have to, and many of them return to their uh, villages in the north. So you you know it's it's you have to look at the post-conflict situation of women in post-conflict areas. One is in the areas that they live in, and one is another aspect is where they are being drawn into work in uh, uh, factories such as the free trade zones, where they don't the facilities and the services are not geared to uh, responding to their needs.
0: Obviously, there's been an ongoing war in Sri Lanka with ethnic issues between the Sinhalese and the Tamils being exploited by the various forces. How does this play out in the work that you're doing? For example, do you struggle to unite women from different ethnic backgrounds within your programs or in the work that you're doing?
2: Well, uh, first, we have three communities. We have to uh, include the Muslim community as well. Um, and they have also been, uh, you know, uh, subjected to the conflict uh, over the last thirty years. What I think the women's organizations are uh, have done on du- during the war, before the war, and during the war, and now uh, now that well, I think I should use the word conflict. Uh, the war is something that has is yet to be resolved. I think the conflict is we have had. Good links. We have tried to maintain links with women's organizations that are working uh, in now post-conflict areas. And that has been the strength, because even during the period of the war, we had exchange visits. We had, uh, uh, in fact, the first... The only time that women's issues got into uh, conflict uh, negotiation uh, process was uh, when the women's organizations collaborated in having a mission that went to the north and east to see what the situation of women was. That was 2002, and that report was uh, resulted in the Subcommittee on Gender, uh, which was part of that negotiation at the time between the ATT and the Sri Lankan government. Uh, we have maintained links. We have shared, uh, wherever possible, the, their issues with the policymakers. We have been able to do campaigns to raise concerns of women living in the then conflict areas. Um, I think that those relationships have been
0: maintained
2: by the commitment uh, of women working in the south as well as the north and east.
0: I wanted to ask you. Um, what your reflections are on the delegation to Australia, the three weeks that you've spent here and whether um, you have thought it was valuable for you and if you can use your lessons to promote and take your work forward when you go home.
2: The three weeks that we spent here, the Sri Lanka delegation on unpaid care work, I think was very useful. Uh, while we recognise that Australia is a wealthy country, uh, it has put in place a number of policies on uh, that respond to the needs to address care work, unpaid care work, and formal care work. In Sri Lanka, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, one is actually to get the concept of unpaid care work recognised as part of uh, being women's labour, and uh, and for that we will do. Uh, we will. For network we will work on developing methodologies on time use on assessing and enumerating unpaid care work and the other aspect is we have looked at some of the aged care facilities in Australia as well as the child care facilities facilities for disabled persons disabled children uh, and uh, we do re- recognize that uh, Sri Lanka has a long way to go. Uh, to give the kind of uh, the level uh, or or a high standard of care for the elderly. We do have elders homes, Uh, few of them are of uh, standard that I think we could be satisfied with, many are not and we can start this work at the local government level um, particularly because we have now an allocation of 25% of the budget at local government, which should be for uh, within courts women's empowerment and uh, uh, something uh, an issue that we were all um, given a very good uh, exposure to was on gender-responsive budgeting, and I think many of the delegates here that came with us are keen to go back and start a process of reviewing reviewing uh, local government budgets. Uh, from a gender equality lens. So many things for us to go back and carry on with our work uh, in Sri
0: Lanka. That was Dr. Sapali Kodagoda, the head of the Jira Sri Lankan Women's Delegation to Australia and before her, Samika Pereira. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. A happy International Women's Day to all. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3CR.org.au and that's the digit 3, not spelled out in letters. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in to Accent of Women. I'm Giselle Hannah and I look forward to your company again next week.